Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. <laughs> Mic placement, but you got to talk into that part right there. No. Warning. This podcast includes content for a mature audience, including themes such as violence, murder, and sexual assault. Please, listen with caution. And... Listen with headphones. Did you know monsters are real? It begins in your chest. This fire inside ignited by a trigger, insecurity, or an offensive act. The anger starts small, but... What starts as a mere flame can turn into a blazing storm. The angrier you get, the greater the fire consumes you. It spreads through the body like a wildfire, setting your internal organs aflame. The heat boils over your composure. You lash out. Uncontrolled. You may yell, you may fight, you may run, you may even cry. But would you kill? Darren Dion Van, his fire did more than consume him. He reveled in it. His once small flame now engulfed him, taunted him, it thrilled him. Now the only way to quell his flames was merciless rape and murder. <sighs> On October 14th, 2014, the Hammond Police Department surrounded the home of Darren Dion Van. After investigators identified Darren as a suspect from the dead woman's phone records, they had a warrant for his arrest in connection to the murder of Africa Hardy. Huh? Darren Van, this is HPD, open up. Oh, fuck. We have a warrant. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Hey, if you don't open the door, we'll open it for you. <sighs> well, I guess this is it. Fellas, take it down. Freeze! Don't you fucking move. Put your hands where I can see them. Now. Get the fuck over here. Hey, 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 I'm not running. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Yeah, I know. Let's let's get on with it. All right, boys, search this motherfucker. <sighs> Told you we'll catch your dumb ass. Where that phone at, man? Where the phone? Hey, someone called the victim's phone. The police began to tear through Van's home, searching for anything to connect him to the murder. It doesn't take long before an officer found what led them to his arrest. Do I think I found it? I found it! Here. Check it out, boss. Match the description and everything. We got him. Ha <laughs> ha Mr. Van! 
got your dumb ass. The police hover around the cotton candy pink cell phone. The screen cracked. That's when they knew. Darren Dion Van was responsible for the murder of Africa Hardy. Hello, I am Eric Aaron, and welcome to the second episode of The Real Monsters. In this episode, we will discuss the life and crimes of Darren Dion Van. This episode includes themes such as violence, murder, and sexual assault, which may not be suitable for listeners under the age of 13. Please listen with caution. Hey, if you would like to support The Real Monsters podcast, then please rate, leave a review, and subscribe. Also, tell all of your friends about it. Don't keep us a secret. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Little was known about the early life of Darren Dion Van. Other than his hometown in Indiana and the suspicious less than honorable discharge from the Marines in 93, Darren was invisible. He found companionship in the company of outcasts, the streets, the clubs, the dark entrance to the alley you normally walk faster across to avoid. He hated being alone. He held close to the people that would accept him, be with him, love him, even when he unraveled, especially when he unraveled. Just like his ex-wife Maria Van. Maria was a mystery woman in her own right. In 1995, the 24-year-old Darren married Maria, 30 years his senior. And not much is known about their 16-year marriage. He began working at a temp agency and became the provider every man strives to be. And with that, his confidence grew. It grew enough to catch the eye of a mistress by the name of Saritha Grant in 2003. According to Grant, she was charmed by his intellect. She was impressed that a man from Madison Street preferred a date at Barnes & Noble. Unlike most men who approached her, he spoke well. He dressed well. He was clean cut. He never smoked, he never drank, or did drugs. He showered her with attention. He was what she believed she was looking for. Until he wasn't. April 2004, Gary, Indiana. The sun barely peeking through the horizon. The neighborhood was still, gentle, and asleep. Except for one Darren Van. Darren was consumed by the thought of infidelity. He believed that the wheelchair-bound David Abrams was sleeping with Saritha Grant. In his mind, he knew that was the cause for their split. But that wasn't the case. Saritha was fed up with Darren's obsessive controlling behavior. He would keep her locked in the house and away from her friends and family. Any chance he got to control her, he pounced. Darren violently yells, thrashing about, haphazardly dousing the outside of his mistress' housing complex, possessed by rage. 
I know you in there with him. Running to the window to see what's the matter, Sarita throws up the window and pops her head out. Darren! Stop! Panic floods her face at the sight of Darren. David isn't even here. You want to act like a hoe? Bitch! Fuck it! Give me my money! Apparently, I'm the new pimp around here. Pay. Me. My money! Derek, just leave, please! No! I will burn this bitch down! David has nothing to do with it. You know why I left. I can't, I can't take your shit anymore! Please! Just leave! If I can't have you, then no one will! Fueled by his anger, Darren rushes into her home. He bangs on the door. Open this door. Sarita hides under her bed, shaking in fear. Open this door, you lying bitch. Darren kicks down Sarita's door. He searches around, following the sounds of her heavy, terrified breath. When he finally spots her, an evil grin stretches from ear to ear. He rips off the bedding, exposing her leg, bitch, and drags her from under the bed. Bring your ass here. <laughs> she scratches and claws, thrashing her body about, desperately trying to escape his grasp. But he forces her into a headlock with one arm, dragging her across the room as he reaches for the gasoline jug with the other. Blind with rage, Darren struggles to pull Saritha out of the building. She was now his hostage, and he had no intention of letting her go. Darren, just leave. Please. The police are here. You hear them? Go! You called the cops? No. Bitch, I'm gonna kill you. No, Darren! Please! Shut up! The police arrive drawing their weapons on Darren. Darren grabs his mistress and begins screaming threats against her life to thwart the police. Darren. Stop. Let her go. Drop the can and put your fucking hands up now. I'll set both of us on fire if you don't back the hell up. Back up. <laughs> the police were able to save Sarita and arrest Darren with the Class D felony and 90 days in jail. After his release, he and Maria managed to work on their marriage. In 2007, they packed up and moved to Austin, Texas for a new start but that wouldn't be enough to satiate Darren. What was meant to be a fresh start only set ablaze Darren's thirst for aggression and abuse. Ooh, I know you hate commercial breaks. Just breaks up the flow of the show, don't it? Well, tired of hearing them. Join our Patreon. Go to patreon.com and look up The Real Monsters Podcast. Or the link is in the description of the show. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
What started as a do-over for a new life quickly grew stale for Darren. This new city environment came with many challenges. They lived in poverty. Darren began seeking out like-minded, unsavory characters to fill his void. When that wasn't enough, he began to frequent sex workers. They were easy prey and rarely reported incidents of violence. The perfect storm for his escalating behavior. At least, until it wasn't. December 15th. 2007. It was a colder than usual evening for Austin, Texas. Darren casually meets a sex worker from around the way. He knows what to look for. Young, attractive, no ties, preferably without a pimp or a handler. A girl that wouldn't fight back or have anyone looking for. So he turned to Backpage.com to find a victim. He invites her up to the apartment the one he shared with his then wife. But what he planned to be a simple exchange, a moment of fun, turned into something much darker than anticipated. Darren opens his door to let the woman in. He was pleasant, gentle even. Darren eyes her up and down. He likes what he sees, and he likes how she makes him feel. He takes in every moment. The overwhelming swelling of sanity fights to ease the monster raging inside of him. She turns slowly, and like an animal stalking his prey, he waits for a moment to pounce. Suddenly, he trips her and aggressively slams her down to the ground. His rage awakened. He strikes her in the head. Her wails only feeds his flame. He strikes again, and again, and again. He grabs her throat and begins to violently choke her. She slowly goes limp, but she's smart. Like any prey with hopes to escape his predator, she plays dead. As soon as he lets his guard down, she bolts from underneath him and out the door. Come here! Come here! Get back here! Hey! Hey! Help! Please let me in! Help me! Oh my God! Close the door! Close the door! Oh my God! The concerned and terrified neighbor calls 911. 911, what's your emergency? Yes, yes. Trying to kill me, please! Don't let him get me! Yes, a woman just she just showed she just showed up at my door and she's she's banged up pretty bad. She says she was raped and beaten, and the man who did this, God, he might still be in the complex. He was trying to kill me! Please, she's really frightened, and she needs help now. Help is on the way, ma'am. Stay on the line with me. It's gonna be okay. You're safe now. Help is on the way. Van was charged and sentenced to five years in prison. During his incarceration, his wife of 16 years had endured enough. Maria Van filed for divorce. Darren was now left to be the one thing he hated most, alone. As a condition of his release, Darren was to be legally labeled a low-risk sex offender by the authorities. Unfortunately, this allowed him to fly under the radar during his return to Gary, Indiana, where he never registered with the state. 
moving again just presented the opportunity to start over again. But this time, he was back in his familiar hunting grounds. Hey, you got Instagram? Hmm? Then follow us on Instagram, The Real Monsters Pod. Look us up, The Real Monsters Podcast. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Despite his hope for change, Van returned to Gary, Indiana with a chip on his shoulder. He didn't feel as though he deserved to go to jail in Austin. He felt wronged. It infuriated him, and that fury then fueled more violence. October 17th, 2014, Darren walks to the Motel 6 reception desk. Like many men before him, he purchases a room for one night of fantasy. Some would say he made a meeting for murder. He would simply say he had a date. Either way, an innocent woman was due at his door at any moment. He could not wait. He had spent quite some time searching Backpage for a girl that would please him. Backpage, similar to Craigslist, was a website that allowed users to upload ads to categories such as personals, automotive, jobs, and adult services. Before the site was taken down in 2018, it was a huge hub for prostitution. When Darren came across a beautiful 19-year-old woman by the name of Africa, he would do anything to have her. Africa Hardy was a wide-eyed teen with hopes and dreams of becoming famous, so she relocated from Aurora, Colorado to Chicago, Illinois to get a head start. But Africa quickly discovered that city life was hard, and she had to hustle to get by. So she started posting ads on Backpage. It may not have been honest, but it paid the bills. She scheduled a date with the man by the username Big Boy Appetite. Africa was used to men using sexual innuendos as usernames, but never imagined the type of hunger Darren Dion Van posed. She had no idea she was walking into a hungry lion's den. Big boy appetite? Yes. That's me. Okay, cool. Please come in. Sorry I'm a little late. My phone was about to die, and my friend was getting lost trying to find this motel. <sighs> but here I am. <laughs> yes, you are. And you are very beautiful. Thank you. Is there a plug by you by any chance? Africa charges her pink cell phone into the outlet close to Darren. His body was tense as she leaned over him. She sat beside him on the bed and released her hair from the messy bun on top of her head. Before she initiates anything, she negotiates their date. I don't know if I told you, but my rate is $50 an hour. Oh, uh, we discussed your rate already. Oh, okay, well, I always request the money up front. 
I have your money. But I'd like to talk for a bit. No. I need the money up front first. I thought you did this before. I have. But this is a date. It is, but I still have to get the money. Then we can talk all you want. Oh, you're a dirty whore, just like the rest of them, aren't you? Excuse me? Oh, hell no. Africa is suddenly struck to the ground by Darren. <laughs> she begins to crawl to her cell phone, but Darren drags <laughs> her back. She kicks, screams, and grabs anything to help her get away from him. She scratches at the carpet so hard that it breaks off pieces of her nails. But she was no match for Darren's strength, and he knew this. He holds her down and rapes her. Once he is finished, he grabs her phone charger and quickly wraps it around her neck, crisscrossing both ends and yanking, constricting her windpipes until Africa's thrashing body eventually lays limp. Finally satisfied, Darren grabs the pink cell phone and bolts from the scene. Meanwhile, Africa's friend becomes increasingly worried after not hearing from her for hours. She tries to call her. Nothing. She keeps trying. It keeps ringing. It was not like Africa to not answer, so she panics and calls in another friend for backup. They knock fervently on the hotel door, calling out her name. Nothing. They peek through the windows for a better look. The lights are on, but no one seems to be inside. It's time to call the police. Officers survey the scene and quickly discover clear evidence of a struggle. They follow the marks and find Africa's limp body stashed aside, with thin red marks crisscrossed around her neck. Africa's friend informs the police that Africa was supposed to meet a big boy appetite at the Motel 6. The police pull Africa's phone and internet records to track down her murderer. That's when the Hammond police trace down one Darren Dion Van. Initially, Van was only charged with the murder of Africa Hardy and Anith Jones until a shocking turn of events when he confessed to over 20 additional murders. He led the police to the bodies of Tierra Beatty, Tracy Martin, Christine Williams, Sonia Billingsley, and Tanya Gatlin, all in abandoned homes scattered about the city of Gary. On March 7, 2016, Darren Van was charged with seven counts of murder. He was also charged for the rape and attempted murder that took place in February of 2014 and assault of a correctional officer. On May 4, 2018, Van pled guilty to all counts in an agreement with the district attorney to not seek the death penalty. He is currently serving seven life sentences. Darren Van embodied all the characteristics of a serial prostitute murderer. According to the FBI's report, Serial Murderers, Pathways to Investigations, these offenders are 55.6% black and tend to commit their first murder between the ages of 21 and 43 years of age. Darren was 43 when he killed his last victim, Africa Hardy. Experts believe Darren may have taken even more lives over his spree across 20 years, estimating his first kill at the age of 23. 
Darren used a ruse approach for the majority of his victims. Gaining access to women under false pretenses, such as sexual services, is a strategy used by 98.6% of all serial prostitute murderers. Darren favored strangulation to murder his victims, a tactic 63% of murderers like him used. Even as victims fall privy to the prototype, victims of serial prostitute murderers are 64.3% Black identifying women, with 37% being between the ages of 14 and 29 years old. The women he murdered were considered high risk, or women who aren't easily identifiable, making their disappearance for days on end more plausible. Darren also possessed all the character traits of a textbook serial killer. High intelligence, history of childhood abuse, and a criminal record with increasing violent behaviors. How did the system fail all of these women? It's simple. The world does not value women in sex work. Sex workers make up 1% of the population. Of them, 40% are black women. The criminalization of sex work allows society to stigmatize women involved in sex work. It's less than. Witnesses are deemed unreliable and inconsistent. The victims often have a long list of suspects that are virtually impossible to identify and track down, making these cases difficult for the police to solve. But does that mean these women don't deserve justice? So when I say protect black women, I mean all black women. No matter how you feel about a woman's choice to partake in sex work, their lives matter too. They deserve thorough investigations. They deserve justice. Most importantly, they do not deserve to be murdered by men like Darren Dion Van. Thank you for listening to episode two of The Real Monsters. I am your host, Eric Aaron. Remember to be safe and be vigilant because we are all we got. And we are everything. Until next time, peace. The Real Monsters is a Dorian Keefe Media production. Episode 2 stars Boogie Bang as Darren Van, Brittany Taylor as Aretha, Kat as the 911 operator, Crystal Tibbs as Africa, Angel Sam plays the concerned neighbor, and Jones as the police officer. This episode was written by Derek McKinney and Liz Sims, directed by Eric Aaron. Recording, sound design, and mix by Eric Aaron. Real Monsters is executive produced by Liz Sims. If you would like to listen to this show uninterrupted, then please become a patron. For as low as $5 a month, you can hear this show ad-free, but you would also be helping fund more episodes. <laughs>